You are listening to sermon audio from Red Tree Church. For more information about our church or to find more sermon audio, visit redtreechurch.com. seek to be faithful to your call as they seek to best love and serve your church here at Red Tree. Holy Spirit, we ask uh, your anointing on Matt. We ask that you would illuminate the text, that you would teach us all, and that we would all leave here this morning uh, loving you more than when we came in. Jesus, you're faithful. We know you can do this work, so we pray it boldly in your name. Amen. I have my PC over here. I think I'm the first person at Red Tree to ever preach from a PC. Well, good morning, man. Thanks. Good morning, indeed. So it's it's super humbling to come before you all today and preach. I've been at Red Tree for four years and just hearing all the different preachers that have come and and spoken with you all, um, it's really humbling. We are assembled today is the blood-bought believers in Christ. Each one of you who has placed your hope in Jesus Christ for salvation are going to spend forever worshiping the King of Kings together. There is so much dignity in this room. I need to address you all like that. I want to come before you today recognizing the enormous dignity in this room. Let's start with some prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for assembling these believers here today. Father, we come in this door hungry for your word. Let your word be the thing that impresses us. Let your word be the thing that changes us. Help us to diligently seek you and learn more and more about our Savior, Jesus. Father, protect our ears from things that are not of you and incline our hearts to be sensitive to the Spirit. And Father, we want to leave changed, impressed by you and impressed by your word. Father, we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So right away, I feel very led to confess something to you today. Um, I come to these verses I'm about to preach today a little raw and a little stung. I didn't didn't pick these verses. These were just the next verses in line as we were going through that Sam assigned to me. You see, I've preached on these verses before. I was about 14 years old when I preached on the healing of the bleeding woman and Jairus' daughter. The miraculous healing of these women impressed me at a very young age. You see, my best friend and cousin had cancer and was very, very sick. She was in pain and getting sicker. So as a young Christian, I did what I should do. I prayed. I prayed a lot. I prayed. I prayed for healing and relief, and she just became sicker. So I responded by praying harder with more faith. Um, All this culminated with me 
at 14, sitting on my living room floor of my childhood home, and I penned my first sermon. I preached that sermon that week in my Sunday school class in front of my youth group. My sermon went something like this. God is a healer. He wants to heal my cousin, who was also a member of our youth group. He's letting her get sicker so that he can miraculously heal her body at the bottom of her sickness. All this was said boldly, confidently, um, but with a little more tact. I wouldn't say I was crushed or that my faith was shattered when she passed away a few months later. I felt like I got something wrong. I felt like I missed a step. I felt like I'd missed an ingredient in this thing. I didn't blame God, but I did stop praying with this kind of faith. A fellow believer once instructed me in my Bible to write next to the verse, T and P, every time God had tried and proven a promise. I sadly wrote T and F next to these verses in my heart. This was an unaddressed, open, bleeding wound in my faith until I sought counseling in my early 20s. Today, the wound is bandaged and mending, but not completely healed. I tell you this story for two reasons. One, it would be tantamount to a lie for me to come before you today and not tell you that I had baggage with this text. Second, I believe that there are some of you in this room who have similar wounds. If that's you, let's seek healing today. Let's carefully comb through this story, this bit of history, and find help and comfort from him. Let's soak up every detail in this story and see our Savior move, touch, talk, and heal. Let's drink deeply of this history. Let's walk away today encouraged and emboldened. We're going to approach this text a little differently today. We're going to read it three different times. The first time we read it, we're going to focus on Jairus. The next, we're going to focus on the bleeding woman. And lastly, and most importantly, we're going to focus on our Lord. I think we can learn so much from watching all three of these persons. If you are familiar with this text at all, you know that this man and woman showed tremendous faith and were rewarded mightily for putting their trust in the right place. We're going to have a different brother or sister come up and read the text each time. Each time we read it, I want you to pay close attention. I want you to put your fingers on the verses. I want you to engage your imagination. I want you guys to see this story play out. If you don't have a Bible handy, there are Bibles all along this side of the road. This is going to be important today. If you don't have a Bible, don't just look at the person at the end. Get up and grab a Bible, or I'll hand you one right now if you raise your hand, because we're going to engage the Scripture a lot today. All right. Um, With that said... I'm going to have my brother Stephen come up and read first. Uh, We're in Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. And uh, remember, we're, we're focusing on Jairus on this reading. Verse 21. 
Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue named Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hand on her, that she may, she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged about him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for twelve years, and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said... If only I touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he, and he looked around to her who had done these things. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing that what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. While he was still speaking, some came, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as, the, as soon as Jesus heard the words that were spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. And he came in and said to them, Why make the, this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they, they ridiculed him. But when he put them all outside, he took the father and the mother and the child and those who were with him and entered the child where the child was laying. And he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it, and he said to them, you should give her something to eat. Thanks, bro. Parents out there, I know you feel for Jairus. This story, as a dad, makes me nervous right away. The story starts with a 12-year-old girl who's dying. It shouldn't be. This is the curse at work. A 12-year-old dying and the curse winning. We don't know what her sickness is. We don't know how long she's been sick. And we don't know how much pain she's in. Is she awake? Is she asleep? We simply aren't told these things. We do know one thing up front. We know her daddy really loves his daughter. We know this because this dad is not at the bedside. We get a taste for how much Jairus loves his daughter in a kind of subtle way. It's right here in verse 22. Jairus is a ruler of the synagogue and is coming to Jesus for a miracle. I don't want us to miss this because I think it's huge. Jairus's career, reputation, and means of providing for his family are tied to the Jewish church. And we know, and we know from Mark 3, 6, that the Pharisees are already plotting to destroy Jesus. 
And we remember this because, because that, that, that had happened again in an earlier miracle. But it's at the sight of his baby girl dying that he leaves all. He leaves his reputation, his standing, and his career to go ask a healing from our Lord. And this man is not too proud to humble himself. Brothers and sisters, I think we can learn some, something from a man like Jairus. He heard the rumors of hope and left home in search of the one who can heal. At his point of desperation, he didn't care about church politics. He didn't care about public opinion. He was willing to set down the worldly wisdom of sitting next to his daughter on his deathbed. He was willing to humble himself at the feet of Jesus. I love how he makes his request. It's right here in verse 23. My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. Hear the request. Notice the lack of hesitation. Notice the confidence Jairus has in our Lord's hand. And then he followed him. He moved through the crowd. He pushed past the many distractions and stayed close to Jesus. Oh, brothers and sisters, what if we did this daily? What if we who love our Lord would daily be like Jairus and fall at his feet and follow him? Oh, church family, do you see in this story the story of every believer? It starts with faith in Jesus. And a burden that is thrown at Jesus' feet, it moves into a journey with Jesus that encounters the miraculous. It faces doubt and dismay, but our Lord pulls the man through. It ends with a miraculous resurrection and a meal. Do you see your story? Now, Emily, come on up here. We got to focus on Jairus. We're going to pivot our attention to the woman this time. And in writing this, I'm sorry I have to keep saying the woman. We're just simply not told her name. I want to know it so badly. I'm, I can't tell you how much I've thought about this woman over and over again. I've made up a face for her and everything, but we just aren't told her, her name. So. Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. 
But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. While he was speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid. Only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult of those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was laying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha kume, which translated, Little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it and said that something should be given her to eat. This is hard. 12 years, brothers and sisters. 12 years. Our our Lord saw fit to allow this woman to suffer for 12 years. While Jairus was celebrating the birth of his new daughter, this woman began to bleed. While Jairus' little girl was learning how to walk, this sister was still bleeding. While Jairus' daughter made friends, this woman suffered loneliness for her discharge. See, see the little girl picking flowers for her daddy. And see our sister have another failed healing from another failed physician. The reality is, this woman's bleeding wasn't just uncomfortable, but it was draining her of her life and vitality. She was daily losing the very lifeblood that should have sustained her. Yet she did not quit hoping. This woman was resolved to be made well and continually sought physicians that would make her well. Oh, that we should be such people. She spent all she had to find healing. Look here, right in the text. It's right here, verse 26. She spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. All of this happened in the same 12 years, and then a report surfaces. I think of it like this. Here's our sister shopping in the market, and she hears some men casually talking about a ludicrous story. The story of men cutting a hole in a roof so that another cripple could be lowered down and be healed. It's ludicrous that Jesus would heal like this. I think of it, um, I think of it, I think of it like this, to, to these men who are joking. This story is an anecdote or a fascination. But to this lady, it's burning hope. It's hope that sets her on fire. It's the hope that after so many physicians had failed her, that this Jesus could make all right. The Bible is so kind to tell us what her heart says. 
It says it right here in verse 28. If I touch even his garments, I will be made well. Our sister, never one to give up hope, makes the decision to grasp at Jesus. She pushes through the throng to touch our Jesus, and he is faithful. Brothers and sisters, have you heard the reports? They are out there. Do these reports make your heart race with hope as they did with this bleeding woman? Listen carefully in your gospel community and you will hear, I have heard of the rebel child learning discipline, the stingy being made generous, the unforgivable being forgiven, and the addict finding freedom. I have heard of marriages being healed and illness being overcome, all by the power of our Jesus. Have you stopped believing that Jesus is at work? I confess, this is me, I too frequently hear about the real working power of Jesus, and I mark it up to human effort accompanied by a little prayer. To me, the amazing stories of Jesus are anecdotes and fascinations. Lord, I'm sorry. These reports are the amazing proof that our Savior is tried and proven. Believer, have you resolved to reach out to our Savior for healing? Have you reached out for his forgiveness of sin? You, who are convinced of your brokenness, have you said in your heart, if I trust him, I will be made well? It is foolishness not to grasp at our Jesus. And that's where we're going to come next to. Tony, come on up here, man. We're going we're gonna to read about Jesus now. See him move. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, the great crowd gathered about, about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet mm. and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be live and well. And he, and he went with him. And the crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was the woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered under many physicians and had spent all she had and was no better but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garments. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving uh, in himself the power had gone out of him, immediately turned to the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to who, he had, to who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told the whole truth. And he, said, um, and he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house someone who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what, what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And, and he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James, who came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue. 
And Jesus saw the commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? This child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and those who were with those who with him and went where the child was, taking by the hand and said to her, uh, Talitha Kumi, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was twelve years of age, and they were immediately overcome with amazement. Um, and he strictly charged them that no one should know this but told them to give her something to eat. I need to say this right away. No one who has placed their trust in Jesus will ever be let down. Not one ounce of faith placed in Jesus will ever come back void. He loves when his children trust him. He will bring all kinds of healing and will bring the dead back to life. Hear this and let your heart believe this. These miracles were done to prove that our Savior is a healer and has power over the grave. Now, let's look carefully at how Jesus responds to these two individuals. We first see him receive a grieving father the man literally falls at his feet with a request. His response, right here in verse 24, he went with him. We watch Jesus move purposely through a crowd. He is on course to Jairus' house. Our Jesus, the maker of all things, pressing through a thick crowd to serve. I see him in my mind being jostled and superstitiously grabbed at. The author of all things, having a crowd thronged about him. And then it happens. He feels power leave his body, and the Savior cures a woman. She feels, as it's stated right here in verse 29, the flow of blood dry up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Sisters and brothers, think of the way our Lord heals here. Not by the way of this woman's prior interactions with physicians who used barbaric methods like cutting, cupping, puncturing, and all manners of intrusion. No, our Lord is gentle and powerful. She touched the Son and, was, and He healed her in passing. See our Lord's power and never doubt his power. Then my favorite part about this story, the whole story, my favorite part right here, hear the freedom in his words. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. The woman who had experienced anything but peace was instantly made well and was sent on her way. Think of the joy that must have shown on her face. Believer, bring your hurt to Jesus and he will heal it, for he is tried and proven. I want you to see this hard shift in this picture. This is a hard shift. See Jesus turn, and Jairus, who had been walking with him, is talking to some men. 
What a contrast. That look of pure joy on the woman's face. And then think of Jairus' face in this moment. What's on it? Shock, heartbreak by the news of his daughter's death. All too soon. But our Lord shows his kindness even now, for he is never too late. And even before the words are on Jairus' tongue, O Lord, you knew it all together. Yes, our Lord knows. Our Lord knows. He knows Jairus is about to crumple in disbelief, but he says, do not fear, only believe. Beloved, tattoo this message on your heart. He knows your needs. He knows your most heartfelt desires. You who have trusted in Jesus need to keep this message close. Do not fear, only believe. Now, watch our Savior move purposefully into the house and announce good news is coming. The child is not dead but sleeping. And I love this. See him pass by the scoffers and then see him throw out the doubters. Then the voice that formed the universe says, Little girl, I say to you, arise. Death has no power over our Jesus. He commands the dead to rise and they will rise. Believer, this is proof that he will conquer our death. Everyone who has placed their hope in Jesus will rise and be with him. He died to make it so. No wonder why in verse 42 we hear that they were overcome with amazement. Can you imagine Jairus' face in this moment? How he must have looked at Jesus. See the thrill and the amazement of his power. It must have felt like it was all for him. Believer, it wasn't. It wasn't all for Jairus. It was for all of us. See, this story is told to you. This story is your comfort that when all is said and done and you have trusted Jesus, you have trusted a worthy God. Place all of your eggs in his basket and you will rise. Now, this is where we're going to finish. These stories are laid on top of each other to glorify God in a very powerful way. See, none of the suffering was in vain. This woman suffered for 12 years so that Jesus could powerfully demonstrate his victory over the curse of sin. See our Savior prove himself to heal all manner of defilement. The woman desperately desired for healing in this time heard the reports of a divine healer and sought after him in faith, and Christ was merciful to heal her, restoring health and replenishing peace. Believer, Christ wants to make all things well, and he died to make it possible. Imagine what pouring yourself into the pursuit of Christ could look like for you. The power of knowing him deeply and intimately, seeking him by means of the word and prayer. We have access to him because he has made it so through his work on the cross. We can approach him bleeding out from our diseased hearts of idolatry or selfishness or pride or anger and brokenness, and he will make us well. We are dead like Jairus' daughter, only dead in our trespasses, and he gives us new life. He, through the same power of the Spirit, which rose him from the grave, raises us to everlasting life. 
as we abide in him. He is tried and proven, worthy of following and pursuing and reaching out for in our desperation. For Christ alone is what will heal us at the innermost. He is life-giving. So let's wrap up like this. I can't reconcile why my prayer at 14 came back with the answer it did. I can't fully reconcile that. I can say that these two examples in Scripture alone have attested that our Savior is tried and proven. I say this because the Spirit has preserved these encounters to testify that our Savior is above all. I can also say that He is at work now. He is working through those who have boldly stepped out in faith. In His goodness, the Lord is at work now answering the believer's prayer, your prayers, healing those in dire conditions, freeing people from crippling sin patterns and turning rebels into sons. What a privilege to experience and witness his tried and proven healing powers. And finally, I can say this. Even if he doesn't heal, even if he doesn't restore the things we pray for diligently and pray that they'll be, even if he, in his sovereignty, chooses a different outcome for our broken situations, he will still be near to us than ever before as we turn to him in the process. The real goodness, the real goodness is having more Jesus. Having more Jesus is what we truly need each day in every situation, in all circumstances. In the midst of us seeking things from Jesus, these hardships, which he purposed for us before time began, bring us to what we really and truly need, which is Christ alone. And leaning into him, we receive his presence, his wisdom, his strength, and his peace. Father, Thank you so much for these stories, Lord. Thank you so much for showing us Jesus. Thank you so much that these people suffered so that we could learn what our Savior is and who he is and how he does things, Father. Thank you so much that you are a healer. Thank you so much that you will bring the dead back to life. Thank you that you will restore all things. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Red Tree Church. Visit redtreechurch.com for more information.